Hello, Minecraftians, and welcome to the fifth edition of Realm News, with I, your host, the one and only, The Dark Lord, where I put the real in Realm and expand your mind one block at a time. I am broadcasting to you from the town of White Ridge in the Norseland province today, and we are talking about survival in this episode, people. That is the essence of this game that we call Minecraft. This episode is covering the frigid snowy biomes in all their glory and ferocity. This is a harsh biome to live in. I kid you not. I chose this because it was my first quote-unquote harsh biome I settled into. That's right. Right there not far from my capital when I came into the game. When I originated into this game. And it was in a cave base is where I first settled into this biome, I will tell you. I was wandering into this white wonderland, and I saw this beautiful snow-capped rock jutting out the ground that formed a pretty decent-sized lonely mountain. And so uh, there was a cave in that mountain, and I sealed it off, put a door Two exits, one on one side and one through the other. Two beds in there, one for myself and a guest. A chest for all my survival stuff and all basic gear to store there for when I came back to this biome. It was a, ref a refuge from the unruly landscape and the beasts that burden it. I tell you, I was so happy to find that. And then I chose to build a town near this shelter that... I am broadcasting from called White Ridge. Yes, it is one of my newest towns I built. And I chose to build here because these snowy biomes, in my opinion, are some of the most beautiful and majestic looking places to visit. And of course, I am going to sprinkle in some real world stories and knowledge into it all. So pack your bag, sharpen your sword, make a fresh axe, a pick, some torches, don't forget to bring some food, a bed, oh yeah, and bring a pair of snowshoes too. You don't want to sink to your death in a snowdrift. And before we go on a sub-zero trek through one of the harshest biomes in the overworld, people, I am proud to announce, as usual, it is time for our weekly poll. I love this part of the show, people. I love it. To read the results of what the Minecraft community thinks. I mean, what better feedback can I get? And I pose a great question for this poll. Like, they, they've all been great. I mean, I'm a great question poser, right? <laughs> but I really did think this was a good one. I think I cleverly made it. And um, how do I know it turned out to be good? Because a whopping 111 voters turned up for this one, people. Dang, that blows the rest of my polls that I've conducted right out of the water by, I think, like four times. 
what was my biggest so far besides this one was like 31 32 so this was a huge increase so that means i know that i asked the right question out there um that makes me happy that makes me so happy um to see that many people uh turn up you I, i just can't express that enough and you guys go vote at the end of this show on the poll that i put down below okay i always leave a poll I think I'm um, the Clerics Cloak. I I even had a poll for the first one, if I remember that right. Um, so you can even go back and vote on all those people. Like, feel free. It's at, in my Spotify. Um, always just uh, go back through those episodes and take those polls. They're fun, and I uh, and you can see what other people uh, are saying on the comments as well. The question I made for this poll, I want to go ahead and read this. If you were stranded in the middle of the overworld in a random biome that is unfamiliar to you, which of these listed items would you choose to have if you could only pick one? Hmm, what a loaded question. (laughs) I gave everyone five options. Let me list those. Okay, I'm going to start shovel hoe, flint and steel, an axe, and a pickaxe. Let's start with the shovel. I'm going to go ahead and read how many people voted for, you know, the shovel. It's not um, a very big tool that I hear people talking about online. So it was no surprise for me to see that it got a big goose egg, a zero. I... I mean, who chooses a shovel? (laughs) You may as well take a stick with you. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you would really use that for if you were to only uh, have one item besides dig soft blocks. You know what I mean? Anyways, moving on, I want to get to um, the hoe, which it had two votes and two was a surprise for me because i don't really see much use for a hoe besides farming and um to me farming isn't really on my list of things to do in a survival situation i'm more like a hunter and gather when i'm in that situation you know what i mean i like i'm going to look for cows to kill and utilize their leather and whatnot i'm not going to be concentrating uh on 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 farming because that's all you can really use a hoe for it's i I don't think that's really good survival tool so two was a surprise for me also actually another surprise was the flint steel i threw that in there in the poll because i mean it is a tool i thought it was an obscure one for this poll that's why i put it in there and i I, it got three votes i that got more than the hoe which the hoe can be used for farming but the flint and steel is completely useless unless you're going to open up a portal or set off some tnt or uh, set the world on fire i think i had three pyromaniacs turn out uh, to this pull out of 111 so that was kind of (laughs) fun to see uh moving on I want to get to the axe. I voted for this one, and the axe got 26 votes. So 26 really isn't that much out of 111 people, especially after I read those other um, three, uh, which didn't really add up to much. 
So I vote for the axe. I, I may as well tell you why, because this was my vote. Because you're going to cut down trees. You need the wood. I think you need the wood first thing almost. While I'm cutting down wood, when I first enter a world, let's say, uh, when I, I'm going to cut down wood and when I'm doing that, well, I'm going to punch a tree, grab some wood, make a crafting table, make an axe and a pickaxe. And I'm going to use that pickaxe to start making cobblestone, actually, right away. I won't even make that wood axe. I'll just make a pickaxe then with the wood. So I guess I see where they're going with it. Um, but to me, I don't like to cut down trees, you see what I mean, with a pickaxe. I think that's a very slow process. That's why I would just go for the axe first, cut down enough lumber that I need in a survival situation because you're going to need that for coal to make torches or campfires and you need light first off in the game and so instead of using a pickaxe I would rather have an axe that's just me though um but it does make sense to me that the pickaxe which got 76 votes landslide folks an uncontested number right there um that was the winner obviously the pickaxe i think that is um just iconic to the game it's i mean this is minecraft you go into a mine with a pickaxe however like i said i wouldn't want to use a pickaxe to cut down trees so but it's great for shelters you know and um i can see why people would pick this because you could just go ahead and dig right into a hill or I don't, you're not supposed to dig straight down, but if you're in a pinch, you could just dig straight down. Um, But I go into a hill, and um, I guess you could block behind you with the blocks that you gathered from your dig and seal yourself off even before, if you don't have a bed. Let's say it becomes night before you're prepared at all, and you just need to find shelter. But you still probably need a torch, which requires wood. So I don't know. I can see why pickaxe won. Again, I am still with the axe. Everyone, I thought that was a very fascinating pull, and I'd been curious on what people would pick out of a group of objects for a while. That's why I kind of formed that. And I think I'll do another pull similar to that one, but with different tools. And I will use that as a as a pull in a, in a future episode, just because that's really fun. But uh, now that pull time is ended, I'm going to introduce you to someone in history before we move on into the um, Minecraft uh, part of the episode. And uh, this is a person in history that had extreme fortitude, willpower, and perseverance. And a person who endured some of the harshest conditions that Earth has to throw. And her name is Ada Blackjack. I'm going to tell you a story about Ada Blackjack. And I found a great source by NationalParkService.gov titled Ada Blackjack, Colin, Stranded on Wrangell Island. And that link will be in the show description, everybody. But this is a harrowing story of a 25-year-old Anupiet woman named Ada Blackjack. 
and isn't that an amazing name? I thought, I thought it was. She survived on Wrangell Island for two years on what was supposed to be a six-month expedition. And you'll think that's amazing after I finish the story. <laughs> I know right now you're like, where is Wrangell Island? Let's sidetrack for a second and explain a bit of Wrangell Island. I want to start off with a quote from that article I previously stated. Quote, Wrangell Island sits north of the Siberian coast in the harsh Arctic waters of the East Siberian and Chukchi Seas. End quote. Now, I'm going to, I had to look on Wiki. I had to stray away from that article. And I had to jump on Wiki to find out more about this island that I want to delve into. This island that she went on this expedition to back in the 20s. So, this is going to give you a picture of it. I just want to state there's no inhabitants on this Russian owned island except for about seven rangers that hang around this this treacherous place <laughs> we would call it a biome in minecraft this is a nasty one and um there's some there's seasonal natives that come visit the island um as i said seasonal they are primarily there for fishing it, it appeared like from the photos i saw also, I want to go on to explain that this is the 92nd biggest island on Earth, which kind of shocked me. I don't know why. I had pictured when I was reading initially and heard about the story uh, of Ada uh, that, um, that this was like going to be a small little island. I don't know why I pictured that, but the 92nd biggest island on Earth, that's, that's actually seems pretty big and I will get to the dimensions of that. Actually, if you want to compare it to sizes of islands, it's about the size of uh, the island of Crete. And to be precise, and I'm going to start this off for all you metric people out there first, the island is 7,600 kilometers squared. And to break that down for us Americans, that would be 2,900 square miles. So I would say that is a very decent sized island. And I uh, am going to add that wiki link um, to probably my X feed. And I will put in the show description because there's some really cool pictures to check out. And also I found a cool YouTube um, photo slideshow uh, type type setup uh that this uh photographer this great photographer um uh went, went on some expedition there himself but i believe this was like 2017 and uh took some amazing photographs of this island and it was totally different than what i had pictured in my head so i kind of urge you guys to go check that out on my x feed and um that will be at realm news 24 7 at x formerly twitter Moving back, um, going back to Blackjack. Sorry, that was a tongue twister. I'm going to get back to Ada Blackjack. Now, uh, picture of the year is 1921. And um, Blackjack, being an Anupiat, um, a native to uh, the area where this, um, this explorer, an Arctic, an Arctic explorer by the name Viljamur Stevenson, I'm going to call him Stephenson 
I'm going to go by his last name because his first one is extremely hard for me to pronounce. Anyways, Stephenson was uh, recruiting people for a voyage to the to Wrangell Island. He was a Canadian. Uh, this man was a Canadian from Manitoba and was promoting the Arctic region, and that's how Ada Blackjack got kind of introduced was introduced to this because a bunch of Anupiats were. Um, being recruited for it. He envisioned this, uh, this man, um, Stephenson envisioned this island to be a potential landing pad for aircraft. He had like a whole slogan about, um, like how beautiful the Arctic was and he wanted to inhabit it. And, and he was just on a promotion for for the Arctic, if that makes sense. Anyways, he was able to wrangle up four men and Miss Blackjack for this voyage. The other NPS um, that were to join them backed out. And Stephenson appointed one of the four men who was one of the four ended up by the name of Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, like a knight back in medieval days. He was to be captain. Stephenson, the guy who was an Arctic explorer, was not on this ship or this voyage. He was mostly, from what I read and what I gather, an investor and a promoter of it. Um, Stephenson offered a $50 a month paid to uh, Miss Blackjack. And that was decent money at the time. And I went ahead and did the inflation calculator on Google. And I found that in today's money, in 2024, $50 is $790.58 today. That's not much. She still was not going to receive much. And you may question why was she willing to go on a ship with four other guys by herself to an island. And I want to tell you, it was all because of a sick son. Her son, I, she, her son, sorry, her son had tuberculosis, and he had to be put in an orphanage because she could not afford to take care of him. She had to leave him there because of the expenses. Uh, she just could not do it on her own, and she came from an abusive relationship in her in a marriage that her ex-husband used to beat her and it was very sad from what I read and he left her abandoned them and um, she was left with her child who was sick and she had to essentially be willing to go on this voyage and take this decent pay for the time to get medicine for him so she she buckled down to earn this money, even though she was very afraid to go on this trip. Um, they left uh, for the island, Wrangell Island, on September 9th, 1921. And before they left, she had, I guess, visited a shaman who predicted something about knives and bears. And Wrangell Island, it turns out, has a very high concentration of polar bears. Like a very high concentration of polar bears. 
So she was very, very afraid to go. Be, I just want to, I just want to express that because it just shows her determination to make sure that her kid is okay and get that medicine for him. I just want to drive that home for you guys. Like she did not want to go on this, but this is what she had to do. So I want to fast track to them leaving September 9th, 1921. They get to the island. The instant that she gets to the island, she is very homesick. Like she sees this ship. It's in the description of the of this article. She sees the ship leave after dropping them off, and she breaks down, and cries. I don't blame her. Uh, she at first becomes so withdrawn. Uh, she's depressed. She goes through a state of extreme homesickness just right off the bat. And she doesn't help with the chores. She's not doing what she was hired to do, which she, they wanted these Inupiats uh, to be there for survival, for hunting game. She was not, she was not um, um, qualified in those aspects. She was hired on as a seamstress. She was very, she was a very excellent seamstress. But uh, due to her depressed state, she was not doing her duties and this really got underneath um the crew's skin they became to dislike her they started to regret having her and were irritated with her and i hate to get to this part because this is kind of a repulsive part of the story um the captain asked her to fix to mend his leather boot to sew it back and she refused to. She was not in the mood. She uh, so she refused. And as punishment, and he, he this is a quote from his journal, the uh, Captain Knight's journal, which you if you read this article you'll be able to see. But he goes on to express that they needed he needed to um, punish her to get her to work again. And so they tied her to essentially a flagpole until she promised to do work which she did and so they released her and um she she buckled down essentially just for the her son's sake after that incident i imagine i would be just so livid but she had the fortitude to just buckle down for the sake of her son i think that shows a lot of the character of who she was and that's something to um to admire So we are going to fast forward to the summer of 1922 after Black Jack's punishment to the flagpole. She she just lives with it and just to get through this six month process, right? Well, so we go to the summer 1922 and the relief ship was supposed to arrive. Yes, I know. I already gave it away. Supposed to. It did not, folks, it did not arrive. The relief ship with supplies to take them back. And why did it not arrive? Well, Stephenson was the one in charge of getting that ship there, but he was delayed because Russia was pro proclaiming this land, 
was taking it, wanted that. It was already... Okay, if I... Let me... Um, it was kind of a political dispute back then. Um, it was between Canada, United States, and Russia. Russia was laying, cl- laying claim to this island. Canada wanted it too. Stephenson was kind of in the lead, leading the Canadians for taking this over as a settlement or kind of putting down that... Um, that play an air pad, you know, uh, making a structure there to lay claim. And so Russia said no, and essentially Canada backed, Canada backed away from that. And they weren't able to get, or Stephenson wasn't able to buy, or to send a supply ship in time before the ice froze over the ocean to get it there. So it was just too late. They couldn't get a ship there before the ice sheets came. It was just inaccessible, the island. And so the crew was left stranded. And then winter encroaches, rations diminish, ammunition runs low, and guess what? Night, the captain, breaks out with scurvy. The three others, according to this article, the three others set out on sled dogs for help. Like so many survival stories, if you read some like where groups of people are stranded a lot of the time those stories don't end up um, very good I they just never come back and that's what happened with these three others they set out on sleds never to be seen again anyways moving on with the scurvy victim and Ada Blackjack she is left there to keep him alive the man that tied her to the flagpole for not t- repairing his leather boots And guess what? This guy was cantankerous. Even though she was, she didn't know how to hunt. She didn't know how to hunt. She had to teach herself how to shoot and hunt. And there's a cool article that she, uh, I mean, not article. There's a cool journal entry in that, this article that I got all this info from of, of her writing saying that she, uh, how proud she was because she used like some old tin cans, like, you know, people like that people do uh, out in the country shoot out tin cans. She did the same thing, um, and she was so proud to hit one. And she was even proud to state that she learned how to clean uh, the gun herself. I thought it was so cool that she figured out how to do all that on her own. And this guy, while he was dying from scurvy and she was trying to keep him nourished and alive, was just being bitter towards her until the day he died um but she she was just turned out to be a natural survivalist and the captain died captain knight died on june 23rd 1923 during this time she uh i mean she so she was alone after that date and during this time she she learned how to make her own boats to hunt seals she crafted a stove using old empty kerosene cans. I just thought, wow, I mean, nothing was holding her back. Just the ingenuity she had was impressive to me. She even made a little lookout tower above the tent in order to look out for those polar bears that she was deathly afraid of. I even read that she had the, she, she, she gathered the courage to scare him off. She hunted birds and trapped foxes. 
And since she was an amazing seamstress, she made some of the very, the, like the, the very warmest clothes for herself. I even read that she, in her spare time, sewed little moccasins for her sick boy for when, for when she saw him next. So she kept hope the whole time. And she did this all while having scurvy herself. I didn't tell you guys that. Even when she was taking care of Captain Knight, who had scurvy, she even had scurvy. That's just how tough she was. Just imagine that, people. And by the way, I looked this up because I didn't mention the temperatures on this to island and I didn't see where that, this article didn't. So I got back on Wiki and um, the monthly average temperatures on Wrangell Island. Listen, negative 22.8 degrees Fahrenheit. In Celsius, negative three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys, could you do that? Could you live out there for two years or even visit for a week this island? I don't think most of us could or nor want to. I, I thought that was just amazing. And I want to get to August 20th, 1923. She was in her uh, temp tent that she fortified herself and made sturdier. And she was asleep and she awoke up to a noise outside which turned out to be a ship. And so she was eventually and finally rescued along at last, and she was able to get back, and she became very well known, and it, it, she was kind of a famous person um, uh, from, this, uh, from this survival story. And she also, um, she had her skeptics of why everybody else was dead, especially in that time, and her being the Inupiat, and all the others uh, just dead. They, she, uh, people put her in the wrong light, but it, it, she was able to get back to her son. She had the money and got him the medicine that he needed in Seattle, Washington. She took a lot of flack from people she started to get a bad image from stories that were made up over um, the voyage and that whole expedition. She was able to get back to Alaska eventually from Seattle, Washington, and from what I read, it didn't sound like Ada Blackjack had a bad rest of her life. It went on to state that um, she lived a peaceful life in Alaska, but I do want to go on and say this real quick. Stephenson wrote a book over the trip and that entire survival story and and he promised royalties to Ada Blackjack and the book was quite successful and Ada didn't receive a penny from that man but she went ahead and lived a peaceful life in Alaska I just want to say uh, I just want to tell you that part too because that, that was unjust but I, I hope that from the story you took inspiration from, from her and her, just the commitment she put in and dedication and perseverance that she put into getting her son well. Two years on island, 
in Arctic temperatures in the middle of nowhere. What amazing, I mean, just <laughs> an amazing story, I thought. And with that said, we are going to finally dive back into Minecraft now, guys. But as being, you know, Realm News, I just wanted to give you that amazing survival story. Because it's my job as the Dark Lord to inform you of amazing stories that have happened on Earth and bring them back together to this beloved game of Minecraft. So let's get on with it. Let's jump back into the Minecraft realm. I hope you brought a coat because it is chilly. We are now in the snowy biomes of Minecraft. Picture just whiteness covering the ground, the leaves covered with snow, just a beauty, just ice everywhere. It is, it's, it's very picturesque. But I want to state this climate is no place for a weary traveler. I'm going to use my Arctic region, as I call it as my reference, to these snowy biomes I found in my realm. I would like to introduce you to the town I have dubbed White Ridge. It is a hardy town built of pure deep slate from the local deep earth mine located at the capital. The deep slate is abundant around levels Y. Let me see here, Y level 8. Sorry about that. My notes were just a wee bit askewed there. But you can find Deep Slate at about Y level 8. And I say that just so you can go mine some for yourself. Because I like to use this. Um, first off, it's very abundant. Once you get down to around those levels and the further down you go, it's just going to be... Um, that's all you're going to be mining for a long time. I mean, the further down from level 8 below, all it is Deep Slate, a little bit of other stuff mixed in, but then it just becomes more prevalent. And Deep Slate is very great as a blast-resistant wall, or I find. There's more uh, sturdier walls that are more blast-resistant than Deep Slate, but as I said, this is just very abundant, especially since you're going to be mining all the time. You may as well just mine down to that level. And since it's blast-resistant, I use it for a lot of structures uh, in case creepers blow up. And as I mentioned, they do a lot of damage in previous episodes. But good for us, creepers do not spawn in snowy biomes. And I kind of never realized that until I read about it. And then I went wandering around again in my snowy biome and I didn't see any. And it dawned on me. They don't actually just generate here. In fact, no other hostile mob spawns besides the strays, uh, which is a variant of the skeleton that shoot the arrows of slow slowness and they're annoying and they're very abundant here <laughs> you will see them if you go to the snowy plains or an ice spike biome they are everywhere these strays but you won't find the others which is kind of nice that i mean that, that's nice not having to worry about getting blown up right or having a spider chase you down now white ridge i want to state is in the norseland province of that i have dubbed in my realm i break everything up into provinces it helps me um gather it helps me let me think sort sort things out and i think that is a better way to put it, it helps me sort out 
uh, my kingdom better. So Norseland province is where White Ridge is located and it is on the edge of a snowy plain. I chose this section because uh, for its flat ground. It's, a gr- it's very great for um, building purposes and for village setup. I've, I've put villages on all sorts of ground. I've had to level places out. I get it. Like You just have to make do, especially if you really want a certain spot. But I chose this one because it was flat. And also, it was, it's very close to that aforementioned uh, mountain cave shelter that I built months ago that I, that I mentioned in the intro. Um, so it's right outside that, next to that like mountain, that, that lonely mountain I described. And so that's my snowy plain of mine right there with my very first inland um, town set up via rail. Now, I want to get on to say, uh, going to explain that it's joined by a couple other de- distinct snowy biomes. To the south of White Ridge, you will encounter the frozen Elric River, is what I call it, named after um, our legend Elric in my, um, in my realm that I created. There's a lot of lore in my realm, and Elric is a famous person. So that river is named after him, and in this biome, it is frozen. All these old, uh, the water will be frozen, and you'll want to have a torch to keep water from not freezing. And that makes perfect sense, right? Thermodynamics right there, same in Minecraft. And frozen rivers weed between these biomes. Uh, these are very expansive biomes, so yes, of course, there's going to be rivers, and they're going to be nice and frozen. And on top of those frozen rivers, you will probably encounter polar bears and white rabbits spawning on top of the ice. And also, there's salmon to be caught below that ice, which is pretty cool. So you can get yourself some food. Along this beautiful river, this ice top river, uh, if you go further down my river, you would encounter an abundance of spruce trees, which leads to a forest of spruce there. It's actually quite beautiful, especially with the snow just covering the leaves. I, I love that look. But if you do come upon some spruce trees of your own, in your realm, in one of these biomes, I highly recommend that you chop some of these down with a pickaxe. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. Um, since everybody wanted to pick a, choose the pickaxe and the pole, right? You chop it down with a pickaxe. No, I'm just a little bitter, I guess, from losing that pole, picking the axe. <laughs> I'm joking, everybody. Use an axe to cut the tree down. It's a lot faster, though, in this situation. Cut that spruce tree down with an axe. And I say chop these trees down because you may not come upon any more for some time. As I said, these are these are very expansive biomes, and trees are kind of um, seclusive. You it, you might have some distance before you find more trees to acquire wood, and so they're kind of rare. And you will more likely need to use wood at some point. I mean, if you ran, you, you may run out of it what you did bring with you so gather it gather up more when you see it because you'll probably need to craft torches and crafting tables and as i said torches are handy from keeping water from freezing over in the cold which you may need if you're going to set up a settlement like i did in white ridge and want to have a farmer there to feed the people and also you may want to make a boat to skate across the ice yep you can do that that is right. You can use boats to just race over the ice like a figure skater almost in a <laughs> or a, a, in a toboggan, right? 
Um, good luck steering it though. I've tried so many times. My brother, um, he has a bunch, he has a big tundra out in his realm and we took boats across it. That's, he likes to navigate that way. But since, like I said, in another episode, he has a PS5. I, I play on a Kindle, so it's a little harder on a touch screen to control that boat. I think he has a little bit easier and more of an advantage using that, um, that, that controller. So good luck steering it if you're playing on Kindle like I do. <laughs> but I've read on Google, and if you Google like uh, how people skate across these in their boats, they really get into it. Like Minecrafters um, make canals and then put ice blocks. Uh, you know, like they wall up these canals and then they'll place uh, ice blocks on the bottom and put a boat down, get in the boat, and they will shoot across the ice faster than a rail. Like you can get to point A to point B much faster. I think that may be the fastest way is skating across ice via boat. But that sounds very laborious. I think even more laborious than making a rail. I rely on rails. My kingdom is highly set up on rails. So that's what I do. But I think I want to try to do it just to do it. I have a little canal, an ice canal with a boat system, maybe for shorter distances. I don't know. I think that would be cool. Any forms, uh, new forms of transportation, I'll, I will enter entertain. Anyways, chop that wood while you can, okay? And uh, I mean, when you're out in the Arctic, it, 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 you're in survival mode, so take the wood. However, further south along that same r- river, the Elric River, you will come upon a mountain ridge in my in my world. And beyond my amazement, when I went up through that little spruce forest and through that river, and I kind of ventured uh, up that mountain ridge just a little ways, I found a structure that was I almost missed. It was perfectly blended in with its surroundings, uh, with the snowy surroundings. And why was it perfectly blended in? Well, it turned out to be an igloo. An igloo. Who would have known? And I'm going to tell you more about that. Igloos. Igloos are so cool. I don't know about you, but I love finding ram structures in Minecraft, in all the biomes of the game like desert temples, underwater temples. I haven't found a lot of the the other temples, but I know they're out there. And that even gets me more excited knowing that they're out there. But there was something about this structure, this igloo, this specific one that I came upon that just stood out to me. Something conspicuous. But in this inho- inhospitable la- landscape, it was just a welcome sight, you know. I, I sprinted towards it. I mean, I was in a desolate, just a desolate environment, and I was, I was like, I need to find a place to sleep tonight. The sun's starting to set, so yeah, I ran to it. I didn't even knock, as customary for the Dark Lord. <laughs> just barge in. It's my dominion, you know. But when I entered, I was greeted by utter silence. No one, no one to greet the Dark Lord. How dare they? But I did look around, obviously, being the curious Lord I am. 
And I just want to tell you what I saw. The igloo had a chest there, which I opened, and it had some random items of no importance. I can't remember exactly what was in it because that was about a year ago when I discovered this place. But that is why I say of no importance because otherwise I would have remembered. <laughs> next, I noticed a white bed next to an ice block window, which I love that aesthetic of the ice block windows. And I need to start implementing those in my, uh, my building structures. It gives a good aesthetic appeal, especially in these biomes. Um, something, you know, just how the light pours through it. It gives a different feel. And then there was a, a, a nice wool carpet, a white one, almost blended in with the white snow um, floor of the igloo, but you can tell it's a woolen carpet. And then that was right next to the bed and in front, it was kind of in front of the bed and the chest. And then you had a stove in the corner, kind of opposite of the white bed. It was just a cozy place, you know, a, a traveler, a weary traveler couldn't complain, but there wasn't anybody there. And that was kind of odd to me. It's just abandoned. And another thing that really stood out to me, an odd object that was in this igloo that just seemed completely out of place, a single redstone torch connected to nothing. It was just there. And redstone torches do not make great light sources, people. You know that if you made one. Why would you make a redstone torch for a light source? This thing wasn't powering anything. So I've had to speculate on why this sophisticated technology was there. You don't see even villagers with redstone torches in their own towns. I have a theory that I want to go into while on igloos. It's called my igloo theory. Hear me out, people. If I developed this theory on igloos I, around the same time that I discovered it, I pause that these are actually isolated research labs. Yes. <laughs> I know, I always throw these at you. <laughs> you're probably like, wow, Dark Lord, you're insane. But may that be, I still think that these are isolated research labs. And I think that these labs would have served as the last, last-ditch efforts of the, of the ancient builder civilization to find a cure to the zombie outbreak that resulted from an ancient builder bringing back the zombie spore from the Mushroom Island. And if you're confused on that theory of the Mushroom Island zombie spore theory, I recommend that you listen to episode 2, on, and that is titled Mushroom Island and Zombie spores that'll explain everything you need to know going on to igloos i can see the ancient builders picking these cold desolate areas in the overworld to conduct their research for a cure it just makes sense to me there are no zombies in the snowy biomes just strays so the infection cannot spread i mean doesn't that make perfect sense and if you've ever watched a zombie movie Zombies move slower in snow. You can't dispute that. I mean, I move slow in the, in the snow. Who doesn't? Also, the lack of diversity in hostile mobs would prove 
that this biome to be a safer place to conduct research. You would not have creepers to worry about blowing up the structure that is doing important scientific research to save the world. It makes perfect sense. So we have the virus doesn't easily spread in this biome because there's no host to be there to spread it. There's no host there to spread the disease. Also, lack of explosions. You can keep your structure intact. So we have those two key elements going for us in this theory. I want to go on to say my igloo did not come with a secret basement. Yeah, I know that sounds weird, but I found an article that describes some outlandish stuff that you may find in some igloos in the overworld, or I should say under them, and I never knew this. Guys, I didn't know this. I went... Let me just pause for a second before I rush into it. It gets me excited. Let me get into this article first about these basements. I found an amazing article by Anastasia Mayo titled Minecraft Colin Everything You Need to Know About Igloos by Game Rant, or from GameRant.com. Now, from this article, I was just amazed by it. Igloos indeed have much more to the surface than meets the eye. I mean, a lot. So, if you don't dismiss an igloo, like, don't. Go in there and check it out. And, in fact, you won't regret it. There's a 50-50 chance of igloos spawning a secret room under the carpet. If you lift the carpet or rip up that carpet, you have a 50-50 chance of finding a trap door underneath that underneath that carpet, which will lead to a ladder, <laughs> which will lead down into a cool-looking basement. <laughs> and it gets weirder from here, people. This article, it just... It, it's insane. I I love this game. Just what they do. I, it just always shocks me what you'll find. But this basement has some wild stuff that, that you're going to find. You'll probably find some stone brick walls. That may not be important for some of you, but I know that there's a lot of people that consider themselves and call themselves builders out there that play Minecraft that get into very technical building techniques. Well... In these um, basements underneath igloos, you will have a very good chance of finding stone brick walls, which are very rare in the game to find. I know you can, I believe, find them underwater in underwater temples, but this is above water and easier to access, obviously. You don't have to hold your breath above. <laughs> but there's a caveat. There's a caveat, guys, if you're trying to steal these or break them. The block may be infested with silverfish. Yeah, and I have my mobistuary in front of me because I haven't encountered a silverfish. And I've never heard of monster eggs before until I read this, uh, this mobistuary about them. And um, these blocks, they look like regular stone, right? Chiseled, mossy, cracked, or brick. And once you break it, a little surprise is in store for you. Uh, swordfish will come out of that. I guess kind of like cockroaches in real life. But these have a bite to them. Um, let me just throw a fact out there. They're the second smallest creature in the game behind Endermites. 
They reside in these, inconspicuously in these blocks. And when they're broke, they jump out on the floor and bite at your ankles. So be very weary on that, okay? Because they can do some damage to you. Now moving on to something that is very precious and or considered precious in the game. That another reason why you don't want to dismiss an igloo is you are almost guaranteed to find a golden apple. Yes. And <laughs> if you guys don't for you guys that are new and for me who has never I I have golden apples but I don't use them. I, I, I know they're very important, especially when you're going towards bosses. But if you eat a golden apple, this will give you a regeneration rate of two, which accelerates restoration health rate. And it'll also give you absorption, which is, increases defense. And these are worth a lot, golden apples. I'm also sure I've read that you can breed horses with apples. I haven't gone to the horse breeding game yet. But I'm pretty sure you can use a gold apple for that purpose as well. However, if you want to make a gold apple, they're extremely expensive. It costs get or it costs eight gold bars and one apple to make this. The apples are easy, right, guys? But I don't know about you. Eight gold bars uh, coming across gold in this realm uh, or in this game isn't so easy. I've discovered. And quick tip for you people that are looking for gold. Badlands biome. Go there. Level 32. Yeah. And dig. You have a pretty good chance of finding gold. That's where I get my gold for power rails. Sorry, I went off off track there. Let me see. Where was I, people? So, I think uh, when you find an igloo, go in there, dig up the carpet, go downstairs, get the gold apple, grab some of that um, stone block that's rare, Avoid the silverfish, kill them if they come out. And I want to say this. If you do get that apple, you do have an option. You can cure an imprisoned zombie villager right down there in that, in that basement. That's correct. That basement houses two inmates, two zombies. They're both villagers. And I guess you can pick which one, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> There's not two going apples. Or you can keep the apple, which I probably would do. But if you do give it to the zombie villager and cure him, you can use, um, what was that called? You can, um, let me see here. Potion of weakness. Use that first on the zombie. From the brewing stand. Yep, there's a brewing stand down there too. Use that on the zombie and then feed him the apple. And a minute, 40 seconds later, the villager will be cured. And... I don't know. I thought that was just crazy that they have uh, zombies down there in the basement with a brewing stand. So there's a brewing stand, a golden apple, these rare stones, some crazy theories that you can cook up with uh, these zombie uh, inmates down there. But steal that brewing stand. (laughs) You guys know I did in that village that I said in episode one. So trust me, I won't judge you if you steal it. I just think it's so cool that igloos have all that. And uh, the 50-50 chance of spawning a a ton of cool stuff underneath it, definitely worth it, guys. So if you want to find an igloo, 
This article goes on to say that the Snowy Plains biome is the most likely place for them to uh, to generate, and that also makes them the easiest to see because the land is flat instead of like the mountain that mine was on, and kind of blends right into that um, the elevation there. So th- that that'll make it easier for you to find. So just roam around. I think you guys will find one. Go inside it, and. Um, yeah, if it's not underneath it, the article also goes on to state that it may have generated further underneath the igloo, not just directly underneath the carpet. You might have to do a little bit of digging. To me, that article reinforces my theory on the igloos being research centers for the ancient builders. I mean, don't you guys think that now? Um, I think they were trying to find a cure, and perhaps what they, perhaps that's what they did with the golden apple, but that cure is only. Uh, good for curing villagers, which is a they're different than builders. Like we've already gone over this. Uh, the ancient builders looked like us. They looked they were Steves. They look like us. The skeletons and zombies look different than villagers. So maybe that was just a cure. Maybe they were testing other methods. Hey, we got this villager, this golden apple works in curing it. We splash a little potion of weakness first weaken subdue them and then make them eat this and minute 40 seconds later bam they're fixed now maybe we can utilize this to fix us but i assume that once the civilizations collapsed the scientists in the igloo underground basement would have ran out of supplies and just perished i that's i think they they had a bad fate they the rest of the world crumbled around while they were trying to rush for a cure and they weren't able to yeah, they weren't able to live without food and supplies and they all just they just died off interesting theory though i couldn't help but speculate shall we move on to another biome that borders white ridge just south about maybe 150 to 200 blocks or meters from white ridge it is an ominous ice spike biome and it is very cool Ice spike biomes, guys. The ominous ice spike biomes. Oh my gosh. I don't even know how to describe them to you, so go Google them and look at some pictures. Fortunately for you, you can do that at the bottom of the description. I post links, so all you guys know what I'm looking at. Anyways, I say ominous because it is. All you see are spires of ice blocks. Some go as tall as 50 blocks high. They have two varieties, shorter and tall. (laughs) 50 blocks high, guys. That's big. They also go underground as well, these ice formations. Uh, They spike under the earth. I have read read that these spires of ice can be great places to carve out shelter in a pinch. Like, if you are out there meandering around and you and and night befalls you very fast unexpectedly you can go ahead and use your pickaxe and carve out some uh, a nice little hole into one of those maybe if you brought some wood from a spruce tree like i told you to do build a door put up a torch in there get all cozy this place will make a great fort and protection for you all heck 
You can even seal it up behind you with the ice that you mined. You know, if you don't have a, a door wood, just block it up with a block of any kind. Now, this terrain in this biome may appear sparse of sustenance, but you would be wrong to think that. You can actually find much of what you need out here in this uh, in this sparse climate that looks so dead. Take the rabbit, for example. Those are everywhere. You would have seen them already. You would have seen them the instant you set foot on snow. They swarm the area, which is good. This is a good thing. It blends in with its environment very well, but... I got some info on the Whittle Wabbits. The first sign of life? Well, you're going to take that life and make it your own. <laughs> you are going to eat them because they will drop one rabbit meat. If uh, I would use a bow and arrow because good luck getting close to them. They're fast and they can jump over a couple blocks. So I like to shoot them with an arrow. And it's a good thing that there's a lot of strays that drop arrows when the sun comes up and when they roast and die, they drop a lot of bows and arrows. So you should be able to pick one of those up and get some ammunition that way and go out there and hunt some of these creatures. Because besides the meat, you will also want the rabbit hide because if you get four rabbit hides, you can go ahead and craft one piece of leather. And with, with leather, you are going to be able to make leather boots boots which you will need in order to not sink into the snow and suffocate to death and that has happened also i want to get to this you can lure rabbits with a carrot a golden carrot or dandelions now i would recommend using a dandelion because they are all over the snowy biomes so they're abundant so go ahead and pick some of those, and then I would suggest that you use that dandelion and lure rabbits into like a fenced off area or a different um, building and breed them and use them for meat and use their hides to make leather and that way you can make leather armor and leather item frames and all the other things you need leather for in the game and that will help you with your survival out in the snowy biomes. Also, polar bears can be a great source of food, but they are much deadlier. <laughs> but if you happen to bow one down or sword one, they will drop a salmon when they die. And you can go ahead and cook that salmon or eat it raw. I recommend cooking it. And that'll give you some sustenance to get through this biome. But these polar bears, like I said, they will attack. And polar bears are kind of a neutralish mob. Um, how do I put it? They can be not. They won't harm you if they don't want to. Let's put it that way. It's not like a creeper that will automatically just walk up to you and blow up. These things will sometimes not even approach you and act like they don't care. Other times, if they have, especially if they have a cub with them, a little baby, they will probably attack you. They are sporadic, like pandas are in the game. They'll just they seem cool, and then um, they flip a switch and attack you. <laughs> so be careful. I just want I just want to say that. In fact, I just died by a polar bear while researching this article. I was on the ice bike bi biome, and um, and I was looking around, and I was typing on my laptop, 
and I looked up and my, uh, my, uh, I was dead. I was dead and lost all my stuff. I went back out there to retrieve my gear and it was all gone. I, I don't know what happened to it. I wasn't near water, so I didn't, I didn't see him floating around anywhere. So who knows the things I do for this show. <laughs> I hope this gave you some, some good information though. I hope I didn't die in vain. Um, but I think, uh, just like something I think would be cool to do with the ice spikes. I, I think I am going to build a sky view tower is what I'm going to call it upon like the tallest one, like a 50 block high one, you know, and put a ladder up to it. And so that way I can go up there and watch the sunrise and sunsets over the Arctic. And it would also be a good outpost for, um, supplies. I next want to get into all uh, some interesting features about snow in the game. There's actually quite a bit of features about snow and it's, I mean, it's everywhere. <laughs> we are in a snowy biome, right? But a cool thing that you can do is snow. You can make snow golems, for example. And there's uh, other things with snow that you probably never knew that I want to get into. So let's, uh, let's, let's delve right on in guys. Snow. I want to talk about snow. Because, well, snowy biomes would not be snowy biomes without it. And ever since I was a wee dark lord, I have loved the snow. It just has an aesthetic appeal to it and a charm. It makes your structures stand out in the white contrast. It is intimidating to see almost, and it feels like uh, it makes this biome have a touch of infinity to it with all the, the white snow covering everything and just appears to go on forever. I typed the word snow in Minecraft in Google search bar and I found, of course, Minecraft wiki on snow, a bunch of stuff about snow. And I wanted to delve in further to exactly what this stuff was in the game that encompasses this entire biome. And this is what I found, a little bit of history on snow that I thought was intriguing. And this was from Notch himself. And this was on May 20th, 2009. Quote, Winter is an awesome idea. I can see snow and tiles slowly getting covered in a layer of snow. Also, ice on lakes. Smiley emoji. End quote. I found on Gear Duncan titled Block of the Week Snow, also from, well, my, from Minecraft.net, that snow was introduced on Minecraft on July 13th, 2010 in the Alpha 1.0.5. So that's when it officially kind of came into gameplay, officially. I mean, they did... I was researching this and there was a bunch of iterations and play with the snow and introductions to a lot of, um, I, I believe in development versions, but this is, um, what I found was the specific data of when it kind of became just integrated into the game. Let's talk snow a bit. Now I want to start off 
with something that you've probably noticed. Snow will stack in this game. If you have ever spent any length of time in a snowy biome, then you would have more than likely noticed that. Snow stacking. Like on top of everything. Your crafting table, your smithing table, etc. And I actually love this. I love how it piles up on the roofs of White Ridge. It really gives it that element that makes it pop. It gives it that, uh, I don't know. I could imagine that the extreme builders, of Minecraft builders out there have replicated Aspen and used the snow to just give it that pop, you know? <laughs> However, the snow stacking outside my walls, I do not enjoy. Because, um, well, I make sure I usually build mine up three high. I know online a lot of people suggest just build your walls up too high, not to, you know, to prevent um, hostile mobs from harming you. I, I build mine up three high. I have in Gaia Divine Library Lighthouse a building code book that regulates that all walls must be three high no matter where built in my overworld. But this code book helped me in building White Ridge. And I'm considering building another layer, a fourth, a fourth layer of wall because people, this snow is piling up out there, especially the more time I spend in this town. I didn't realize that it could pile up so high. And I'm afraid that maybe some hostile strays are going to be able to breach my walls and come in, which I do not want. Um, so I'm probably going to add on to that. And I could not find a definite source actually stating how high snow will go before it stops in the overworld just naturally because I haven't just settings on mine. But it just keeps piling up. I have read on Wikipedia that you can adjust your snow level settings from uh, it looks like a level zero all the way to a level eight. Eight high would just be insane, I think. I, I Has anybody done that? Please write into the show and let me know how that was. I might have to go to Reddit and try to try to find some people that have done that because I'd like to know how the game uh, gameplay was with eight high snow and um, try and prevent um, strays from coming into your forts and whatnot. But that would make the game quite interesting, I think. I mean, that give a different spin on it for sure. Also, I want to let you know that um, if you do start a village um, in in this biome, snow, like this, how snow stacks, how it falls from the sky and actually stacks in the world, is this will destroy the crops that you're using. Like if you have a farmer to feed your people, this happened to me in White Ridge. Um, the snow was coming down, and it will just fall on top of your your wheat or your beets or your carrots and it will just pluck them up out of the ground it's like it's removed switching them out you know so i recommend put a roof over it or like build like a greenhouse for sheltering your crops or plants otherwise this game is clever enough to mimic frostbite to the plants and will kill them off by just uprooting them like i said and replace them with that layer of snow also do you remember me telling you to bring snow boots at the beginning of the show and a couple other times and telling you how to use rabbit leather to make leather boots, right? 
I just want to say this. Well, I highly recommend doing so because I want to tell you a story about my brother, the Sun King. Um, he, I did. He's the one that taught me to wear leather boots while in these biomes, in these snow biomes, because you can die if you don't. Like, say you're wearing iron boots. I guess they're just too heavy and you sink into the snow and you'll suffocate to death. That's what happened to him. It said cause of death, what I think was suffocation in snow. And so he learned that he had to wear leather boots while out in these biomes. So that's what I do every time I go to White Ridge. I switch out. I even have a pair. I throw my iron boots in a chest in White Ridge and put on my leather boots, especially if I'm going outside the city walls because I don't want to die and I'll lose all my stuff, even though I just did from a polar bear. <laughs> but I love how this game can be so realistic in its game behavior. I love it. Like, I wouldn't have thought about sinking into snow unless my brother died and told me. Now, let's talk about snow reanimation, everybody. And I know that's a crazy term, right? I made it up. Um, it's a Frankenstein of sorts. But nothing too crazy or unfamiliar to you in this game, like iron golems, right? But have you heard of snow golems? <laughs> These things are wild, like just quite frankly abominations to nature, the way they look. They are, These things are riding on the edge between science and magic. Probably more on the magic side. Um, because a snow golem, according to Wiki, another Wiki, which I'm going to leave all these links again in the show, quote, a snow golem is a buildable passive mob that throws snowballs at mon monsters, which provokes them into attacking it. Depending on the biome temperature, it will also either produce a trail of snow or take heat damage and die. End quote. Sold very cool i did build them all you do i want to tell you how to make it it's a very simple process and it's worth doing to just see this you just get a jack-o-lantern from a pumpkin or actually just grab a pumpkin get a pumpkin and some shears make a jack-o-lantern or just a plain pumpkin for bedrock players you can just use a plain pumpkin sorry java people you can go ahead and shear the pumpkin if you want and do the jack-o'-lantern like I said and then what you do is you're going to get two snow blocks you're going to stack one on top of it of another and you're going to put the pumpkin on top of the second snow block and voila it's going to come alive <laughs> it's if it's going to move around and do what Wiki said, it, it'll kind of just it, aimlessly, from what I've witnessed, it'll aimlessly just meander around and it'll hunt for enemies and throw snowballs at them, provoke them, and then attack them. Um, if they die, they will, uh, they will, I believe, drop 15 snowballs if they die. Um, you can always get the pumpkin back if you shear it back off its head. And this is something I didn't know. And I think it's really cool. Um, if you take that mask, the pumpkin mask, you, you would think that pumpkin is its head, right? It's not. I always thought that it's not its head. 
it has a snowball head. It's just wearing that pumpkin like a mask. And so once you shear it off, it's going to stop moving and appear to look just like a, your regular Jack Frost snowman. It's almost funny how uncanny. It's just your typical snowman. It'll have like a little smiley face with the charcoal made for a smile on the eyes. And so you can have a bunch of snowmen around your kingdom, which I never knew you could do that. And I want to do that. I, yeah, I just really, I didn't know you could do that. And I think that would just give you like a, with White Ridge, my town that I've been telling you about, I think if I post this up outside my city gates, I think that would just be a really neat aesthetic. And before I get off from the snowmen, I didn't tell you what you could do with the snowballs. If they die, you can collect those. The, they'll drop you up to 15. And you can use snowballs to throw like they do. You, but they don't hurt anything when you get hit by a snowball, just like in real life. I mean, we can't pack them full of rocks in this game. And But you can maybe, I guess, knock off like a hostile mob, like off a cliff. It kind of pushes them back, knocks them a bit. I've, I've seen that happen. I mean, that'd be kind of neat if you could knock one off. And before we get to wrapping up the show, everybody, I just want to gleam over a couple of things that um, may require another episode, honestly, on Snowy Biomes. But I just want to brief- briefly go over all this. And um, that is Villages and Ilger. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Villages and Ilger outposts that um, you will more likely encounter on your journey through the Snowy Biomes. In fact, I found one uh, that naturally spawned in my Arctic wasteland. Um, I shouldn't say wasteland, but you get the drift. Pun intended on that snow drift. <laughs> but I found one far away from, from White Ridge, uh, across the tundra. I would say a full day by foot, like that long of a journey. And this village was huge, people. So you guys will probably find villages. And I was elevated to see such a sight after such a long expedition. Honestly, I was just exploring the tundra to see how big this biome was, like I do with others. I wanted to see how far I could get. And after I saw this, it was just nice to see a town. But as soon as my joy came, I was frightened like because I saw to the right of the town just opposing the town almost looming over it was this watchtower of a villager outpost and I was so dismayed to see this thing because outposts are a pain if you guys don't know anything about outposts I they aren't fun Silhouette City the capital of the new world in my realm is um, part, it was founded on outposts that I took over, but I didn't realize those, those illagers just keep spawning and spawning and spawning. And so I just had to, as still a city to cure, like to get rid of them from just spawning forever. I just, I put lava, the whole thing's encased in lava. So whenever the, if they do ever spawn again, they'll just roast but with this newfound town that i found a long ways away from white ridge i had a new problem on my hands i had now to defend this town from them that i could see them like i could see this tower it's like we were facing each other there was a battlefield between between us 
So I was able to sneak into town without being noticed by the by the uh, the Ilger outpost, and I was able to get enough material and build a three high wall around this massive two cleric town. And I base towns off cleric size because I've noticed each cleric has their own like temple, and so. Like the one I have, Trois Mois, which uh, is the name of the town, which means three monks in English. Trois Mois, three monks, has three buildings to these clerics, which just gives the town more length to it. So that's how I base like the size of towns in my game. But this was a two, uh, a two cleric town. So I wanted to protect it and I had to get a bunch of torches because again, the snow was piling up and I had to build bigger walls because strays were coming in and it was just, and I was trying to do this all fast enough before the Watchtower Ilgers came and started to attack. I needed to keep the town safe. I wanted to keep it unharmed, which I did. I was able to do it. And then you know what I did? After I got the town walled off, I snuck over there and I caught that tower on fire with my flint and steel that I mentioned from the pole earlier. And I watched it burn comfortably from behind the walls of my newfound city that I discovered. And then after it got done burning, I went and I uh, I killed as many illagers as I could. And they had a couple allays in cages freed those allays, and now I have two allays to gather materials for me. Uh, so it was worth the discovery. You And I say all this because yeah, I just want you guys to know that there is a lot of great stuff to find in the snowy biomes, like from the igloos that house golden apples and whatnot, and cities, a lot of wealth to be had out there, people. And also, I need help to name this new town. So I'll make that one of the questions maybe in this podcast, or you can write in. You can even voice message me through the podcast on certain specific episodes, I believe you can find there in Spotify. So do that, throw out some name suggestions, comment and put those out there. I think that'd be awesome too. And um, yeah, this this has come to the end of the show, guys. I just, I, I love the snowy biomes. Well, that wraps up the show, folks. Snowy Biomes. What a show. I really enjoyed sharing all that information with all of you. Uh, it was really fun to do all that research on snow golems, like the snow itself, the ice spikes, and all the other fun and interesting facts and stories I told you all. For me, some of the most astonishing um, facts, I or not even facts, but like, I was have to say what astonished me the most was a the blackjack survival story. I the amount of motivation, the willpower, endurance, even I mean just the fortitude, the intellect to survive in such an in inhospitable environment for two years. Wow. I loved reading about how she was able to make a stove from empty kerosene cans and the viewing tower uh, that she built to view polar bears. 
Like, she wanted to make sure that they weren't around. And that just made me laugh, kind of, because I knew that she uh, had a fear of them. But the ingenuity it took to build a, a viewing tower from her little um, her tent or shack that she was living in, all the way to her making boats, teaching herself how to hunt and shoot. I mean, that what an amazing person. And then I had just a blast researching the snow golems and igloos as well. I mean, who would have known that igloos were hiding so many secrets? I dug around mine, and I don't have uh, that basement. I hope you guys find one of those basements. You have a 50-50 chance. And I hope you please ponder that little side theory of mine on igloos that I introduced to you in the show. I thought it was a good theory. I actually think it's very backed up, especially with that article. I mean, the zombie villagers down in cells. I think they were doing research for a cure. It seems very apparent to me. But I hope, you, I hope that just got you guys thinking. That's what this show's about. That's what I'm trying to get you guys. I want you guys to be curious and imaginative and just really get into the game. And I hope I throw some cool real-life stories out there that really give you some knowledge and interest and something to talk about. As always, everyone, it has been an absolute pleasure to be your host. As I say... I hope you gained something from the show. May I got your intrigue peaked to go explore the vast snowy biomes in all their glory. If you gained anything positive from the show, then I mark that as an as a absolute success. Until next Thursday, keep crafting and using that imagination. Hey everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that plus sign up there and follow me so you can get my latest weekly episodes sent directly to you. Send this podcast to your friends. Comment on each episode and take a poll. And don't forget to rate the show. This will help me improve it. Also, you can find me at what was formerly called Twitter, but now is called X at Realm News 247 Again, at Realm News 24-7. There you will find some cool articles and videos from my research, polls, and Minecraft-related content.